But months in advance, he was saying to his people, the only way I can lose is if the election's rigged. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here we are. <laughs> I was going to say, I just, uh, I just find it fascinating. A lot of times the uh, sh- podcast will start with us in the middle of some other sentence. <laughs> like It's like we've given up even trying to start the show anymore. Formerly, it's just in the middle of us talking. Yeah. You're right, Hamba. Happy Hamba. Well, let everyone know what you were just telling me before, Dan, even before Dan signed on. That yesterday there was one of those gaffes. Oh yeah, uh, a Biden thing. A Congresswoman, Jackie Walorski, I believe her name is, was killed in a car accident over the summer, and then apparently yesterday or the day before at the White House. Uh, Biden's up there congratulating people that had a hand in this some bill, the latest bill, or maybe the health care bill. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned her name and said, Jackie, and then was looking for her in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes, he mentions her name and then and then he's looking out at the crowd, wanting her to stand up or something. And <laughs> she had died in the summer and he was well aware of it. They knew that. And then, of course, the spin started like. Oh, she was top of mind because she was so significant. He really, he knows she's dead. He wasn't really looking for her. She was just top of mind and just one of those things that was very uncomfortable for all. But as I said to you, um, I like it a bit because, you know, it's another, maybe it's another step towards having a young, bright Democrat run in 2024 as opposed to him. Not that he has done a bad job lately. He's actually done a good job. Well, you know, I was hoping we could save this because we really haven't. I've got a couple, a little bit of audio I've been saving to play for you. And we really haven't, to be fair, spent much time this week, you know, hammering away at our favorite subject. (laughs) But uh, maybe we should set aside a little bit. We've got some emails today. Uh, Some stuff will come up out of that. Uh, Some discussions will come up out of that. But I also crafted a joke out of it. Um, And again, not everyone would get it because it's a throwback to maybe 20 years ago. Mm, Uh, Those are the best kind. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a joke coming up or are you going to tell it now? No, no. It was part of the Biden story. I said maybe Joe Biden should be general manager of the Ottawa Rough Riders. And Howard (laughs) laughed because years and years ago, there was a story about the Ottawa Rough Riders drafted a dead guy. Oh, really? <laughs> and on the Humble and Fred show, we had a lot of fun with that for an extended period of time. A very long time. Uh, of yes. course, it's been buried on the scrap heap of jokes. And oh, time. so many jokes. So <laughs> right? much time. But I knew Howard would get that. <laughs> I t- yeah, immediately. Biden should, be, yeah. Biden should be the general manager of the Ottawa Rough Riders. You know, so that's you see, some of the best yeah. jokes are 20 years in the mix. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> Yeah, that's right. They uh, drafted a dead guy, and he still had to get a part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> God, man. Oh, man. So funny. I just was saying, to, man, I can't remember if you had signed on already, Dan. Dan's in my kitchen again. We should have taped the uh, discussion last night, because then we, we, came, we came up with some pretty really heady deep, stuff deep there. Stuff. Deep. Yeah, we we got very yeah. deep. Very deep. Dan, on what subject uh, matter? On uh, conservative uh, politics and conservative liberal 
politics, the rise of this, uh, there was a couple of notes I actually made. I went upstairs after Dan and there was a couple couple points that we had made that I thought, oh, we should bring that up on the show. Mm. Um, anyway, just before you signed on, uh, now I can't remember. Well, we were talking about uh, Florida and uh, how it's 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 another unprecedented unprecedented <laughs> storm and. I just was going to say to Frederick, how many of these do you have to have before you start to, uh, as a society, and I'm talking about North America, to admit that we really, we're running out of time here. I get it, but a couple of meteorologists who I saw on the telly yesterday made the point, this really isn't the time to have that discussion. And, and I sort of understood what they were saying, because a one-off storm, you know, you can't look at it, at it and blame climate change. You've got to look at it collectively. It's a discussion for a different day, they claimed. And I sort, I sort of understand that, because you sort of lose your focus on the problem or the situation at hand. Because traditionally, there's been some horrible, horrible storms, and... I, again, I'm just playing yeah, what, the devil's no, but I'm advocate saying, what, so what, These are people that totally believe in climate change. Yeah, but what do you think of that? Oh, I, I sort of agree with it because you can't you can't look at every weather event now and say, oh, that's climate change because we had weather events long before climate change was an issue and, and bad weather events. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, you can't deny the situation. Uh, the only point was, like, let's not get caught up in this now. There's people dying. There's people losing their homes. It's... That's a discussion for another time. Hey, hang on. Right, you're right, Fred. You, you, can, you can get mired down in one storm because you yeah. can have these discussions about, yeah, oh, yeah, there's this weather storm that happened, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, you, it's an, you have to take it as an aggregate. And, and Howard's yes. right because it's constantly I, I, yeah, getting right. worse and worse. Like even, like you're saying, unprecedented, but also I think there was a little bit of unprecedentedness. <laughs> With the uh, unpresidentialist, yes, <laughs> with the what the storm went through PEI exactly. Uh, and I, that's I, not I, normal, right? Anyway, Dan, you just jumped in. Uh, just a quick one there. But what I wanted to get in and say, it's like the gun issue. Mm-hmm. When is the best time to talk about gun control? Is after a right. bunch of kids have had their faces shot. Right. And that's what they that's the argument they always use about that. Well, now is not the time to talk about that. Well, when is the time on a sunny day when no, no one's I know. But their thing was now it's already been downgraded to a tropical storm moving through there. And we've had many of those before. Understood. All I'm, all I'm saying is and their point is if we point it's like the guy who cried wolf. If we point that every storm and blame it on climate change, it loses its sting, its impact, you know. Well, well, whether we blame it or not, I mean, okay. I mean, because what that does is it just feeds into, well, there's always been bad weather. That's right. Those people. Yeah. Now, Daniel. um, But I think there is a point, and I want to ask this to Dan. There is a point being made to a degree, which is if every time there's an event, it sort of dulls the public's appetite for that discussion. What do you think? I think it, I think it needs to be noted that this is unusual based in the in the sphere of all these storms. Uh, you know, but it, we're, it's it's I don't know if there's anything you can do about it, Howard, because it's just going to get worse and worse until it gets better. Well, is, I, and then I would ask both of you, okay, happen. if we're not yeah. talking about it now, uh, and I know it's because I, I listen. I admit, I understand that there 
There's events every fall. It's hurricane and tropical storm season. Yeah. I always just say this. I was uh, at the golf course yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys our age that are really on the last few days before they go down to Florida in that area. Tampa, south of Tampa, Fort Myers, Naples. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been around these guys for 10 years. There have been other storms, but none of them, I don't think, ever affected their areas the way this one is. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, and I understand. Yeah, sure, it loses some of its sting. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I use the school shooting thing because that's their argument all the time. Well, now's not the time to discuss gun control. Well, when would you like to? Yeah, no, I get that. But, you know, I can equate it to something else, the Trump stuff, to to the point where... You know, lawsuit, 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 accusation, 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 and nothing ever happens. It gets to the point that his defenders are actually, it gets to the point where his defenders are actually looking like like, uh, the accurate ones. See, there was nothing. See, there was nothing. Russia, 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 Mueller report, all that. Oh, yeah. And nothing sticks. So at some point, it's like, fuck, yeah, nothing's sticking to this guy. Not that you want to say, yeah, maybe they're right, but when is something going to stick? Well, so I, 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 the I, more I, you accuse him of yeah. things and nothing comes of it, the more they can go, yeah, it's a witch hunt. You know, I, I know, but I mean, yeah. here's the problem, and this is kind of what I was talking with Dan about last night. The problem with being conservative and versus being liberal is when you're a conservative, and I wanted to save this great point, but I'll say it now. When you're a conservative, at least the American version, you can just say shit and not have to have not have it make any sense. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I said to Dan, I said, the problem with being a liberal is you have to make sense. You can sure you've got your propaganda and you've got your. But the difference is nobody on the liberal side is waiting, is running around saying JFK Jr. is coming back. And, and the th- let me finish this. The, the real reason that conservatives are saying all these things and the Democrats, too, is because their job is to make money for their party and themselves. Their job isn't to make policy. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the things that have come out of the far left, like AOC, again, not evil stuff, just over-the-top naive, never can happen, you live in a fantasy land stuff, too. I mean, they throw that stuff out there, too. But it's not evil, I will say. But they throw it out, and, and, and mm-hmm. okay, sure, mm-hmm. there's, the fringe of the left isn't anywhere near as fringy and dangerous as the fringe of the right-wing party in both countries. Yeah. In no, both I, countries. I, I agree with that. Like, I don't know, it seemed more profound last night, but but, but I was just basically saying to Dan that the, the Republican handbook is very similar to the religious handbook, which is you say things, you scare people, you throw out immigration and smaller government and you know freedom and you know making it easier for the small guy. But what it really does is just gets people to give them money to raise funds because that's how you explain a guy that makes 175000 a year can be worth $30 million because the way the PAC system works you can funnel money for fundraising into your own coffers yeah great example of that yesterday it was uh and i forget who made the point but i saw it on television it was blatant ron DeSantis in florida is telling floridians to listen to the same body that he told them not to listen to about the vaccine so again i i you know this came up without the research in front of me 
But he, they was, he was telling, okay, listen to whatever that is in Florida. The NHS of Florida, the health whatever, uh, whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Listen to them. Take their advice. This is a life and death thing. Right. They are the same people when it came to the vaccine was saying, don't listen to these people. You know, there's more of this story than they're giving you. Right. Don't be don't be forced into and doing anything you don't want to do. So theoretically, he should be saying, well, well, it's just a hurricane. Hey, freedom. Do do whatever you want. Like, (laughs) you know, it's your house. Stand there. Like, come on. It's freedom. It's just so contradictory and hypocritical. I know. Hypocritical. I I was trying to say this, explain this to Dan last night that on the, you know, because I I, I sort of joked that everything I know about American politics, I I know from watching the West Wing three different times, seven seasons of the West Wing. So but what it what it did, I mean, I'm being facetious, but there's a lot of the inner workings of American politics. And one of the things I learned, one of the big takeaways is the day after a congressperson is elected, they literally start fundraising for the next election cycle. And as and I said to you before, there's a way that they they have that you can raise funds and have access to them, which is how you make money. So you throw out all these things, immigration, borders, walls, you know, rapists yes. are coming from Mexico, all the 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 high points. Yes, the left does it, too. There, the, and, and what that's devolved into is elections were stolen. And here's the thing I said to Dan that I thought was really funny. I said, every time you see people. At a Trump rally, I said, they're, they're all, you know, we all focus on the funny, goofy things that we, they say, and they have those guys that go around and interview them and mock them. But I said, but in every one of those videos, what are they wearing? Branded merchandise. And that's where they're, I mean, it's just, it's like a rock concert. And who's making that money? It ain't some local vendor schmender who just happened to make a Trump T-shirt. When you look at those people from head to toe, Freddie, mm-hmm. you know, the word they're festooned in the finery of the MAGA movement. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. I mean, it, you'd be naive not to know that that's what they're they're not there to make policy. Jim Jordan's been in Congress 16 years. He has authored zero bills. Mm-hmm. So what's his job? To make money for Jim Jordan. And those people that buy that merchandise, they're all in like, yeah, if oh, I yeah. buy this T-shirt, if it means that we can end immigration or build a wall, I'm all in. They get sucked in that way. Yeah. It, even that, you know, when it was brought to my attention, too, there's a guy at all Trump rallies. He's a black guy, stands behind Trump, and it says blacks for Trump. And then I realized... And I saw some pictures and video. It's the same guy all the time. It's one black guy behind him wearing a shirt that says blacks for Trump. That's their token black guy that they can point to and go, look, black people like us, too. We're not racist. We're mm-hmm. not intolerant. And even that guy's probably being paid thousands of dollars to stand there at every rally. <laughs> That's right. He doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll take the <laughs> money. Right. But, but how, are, how stupid are you to, to not realize that? There's one black guy, and it's always the same guy. Well, does it, there's, well, there's no end to the answer, how stupid are you? But my favorite thing about that is, like, the guys at a party with his friends are like, and what do you guys do? He's like, I'm a black guy for Trump. Really? Yeah, yeah. I guess I go to the Trump rallies, <laughs> and I uh, sit behind Trump, and uh, it's a good gig. But that's, and, and it gets back to what I said the other day, and, and it's a theme that I, I have tried to beat into this, is the people that are the most 
affected by the lack of Republican policy are the ones being grifted. Like I said to Dan last night, um, Rand Paul and Ron DeSantis and Jim Jordan, they're not fundraising in the blue states because the blue states people, they won't fall for that shit. That's why, Fred, they don't go on uh, liberal television because they can't answer any of these questions. And, and, and the other reason they don't go on CNN is that's not where their base is. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, that may provide us with that big November surprise or whatever they uh, they call it, because I, I, I'm, I'm still convinced there's a huge amount of people, uh, people, Republicans up the middle that are just waiting to vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, like Fox News and all the people you're talking about, they've done their math, the Republicans. And there's millions and millions, and it was proved through two elections, millions and millions of simpletons that can be easily swayed. And they have a couple of trigger words that will get them to come out and vote for Republicans. Yeah. You know, it's immigration and it's, well, there's a host of them. Actually. Well, it's, their, it's the thing. It's a le- smaller government deregulation. Right. We don't want they socialism. They never read a newspaper. They watch Fox News. They're full of hate and... So let's go after those people. Let's secure them and then try to build something in the middle to get us over the top. You know, this election, you know, this whole thing, you ask yourself, why are all these Republicans, a huge amount of them, Trump included, obviously, still pushing this big lie? The insurrection wasn't that big a deal. And that's why you don't see those guys going off into Massachusetts uh, Massachusetts Mm -hmm. and uh, New New Hampshire and all these. They don't go there to raise money because those people need explanations. Right. So they go to the places. And that's what makes me not sad, but I feel bad for those people in those states that can ill afford Mm -hmm. to spend money on Joel Olstein's fucking jet and Donald Trump's merchandise. Every Republican now, when they talk about inflation or the economy, say Biden's Fox News, that's what they do. They say Biden's economy, Biden's inflation. Right. And they know anybody with a brain in their head realizes this is a worldwide problem. And when you stack up all the free countries, the Western countries like Canada, the United States isn't doing that bad. Yeah, it's a shitty situation that we're in. But compared to other countries, we're not doing that bad. It doesn't take much research. It doesn't take much reading. It doesn't take much investigation to realize you can't pin this on one person right now. It's a it's a global problem. But see, they do that. And why does Fox do that all the time? Because they know that nine out of ten people watching that channel are fucking simpletons. Or, I mean, to be to be fair, whether whether. Yes. okay, they're simpletons. But they but Mm -hmm. the more, you know, an in-depth thing would be they're just people. They're simple people Mm -hmm. that really feel they're getting the right information. And that's why I say I kind of feel bad for them, too, because, you know, I said this to Dan last night, and I try not to make it anti-religion, but there's a rise, there's a huge rise right now of white nationalism, Christianity at that level. And they're, as I said to Dan, they're trying to raise money off the same people. So if you're a sort of middle American, lives in a small state, one of the poorer states, you know, one of the ones where Brett Favre is taking welfare money to build fucking gymnasiums. If you're one of those people, of course, you know, when Joel Osteen or Kenneth Copeland talks about salvation and rising up against a Democrat society that just wants to have sex with children and everyone becomes transgender, those people are motivated to give them money the same way they're motivated 
motivated to rise up against borders and immigration. It's the same playbook. No, I know. But they also say, you know, ignorance is no defense. And if you know that and I know that, I mean, people that don't know that, do they not know that because they don't want to know it? Like, that's another problem, too. They don't want to listen. Don't give me facts that I'm not comfortable with. Thank you very much. Yeah, and you said something, you know, that's too. a huge problem, too. You said something. Uh, it doesn't take much to, to go and investigate this. But, but it takes a huge thing if you have no interest in well, investigating it. And, and, and <clears throat> I sort of group those people as... Yeah, I know. It's easy. It's a, as as jokey jokesters. It's easy to say they're a bunch of fucking mm-hmm. toothless bow. You know, as we used to say back in Moose Jaw, bow hunks, um, whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. But they're also people that have been lied to. But they don't. You know, it's like I said the other day about John Cleese. You know, you, if you're if you're so stupid, you, you, if you're too stupid to know how stupid you are, then how do you ever? You know, yeah, or, right. you know, whatever that oh. was. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that we are saving this for later in the show. Um, two things quickly before we move on. Yeah. And I got a, oh. I have a funny Florida thing. Well, that's what I, the, the, the point I was going to make about Florida, the hurricane television, CNN, Fox, all of them. The day of the outside reporter during the hurricane is over. I mean, seriously. Yeah, we've seen it. Oh, like really? Jake Tabber at one point last night said to the guy, will you just go inside? <clears throat> we don't need to see the guy out in the rain, putting his head against the wind, talking about how horrible the storm is. We have the technology now. Put a camera out there. That's and right. Do the commentary from <laughs> That's right. I mean, seriously, because <clears throat> so often it's cheesy too. look at this tree that fell down. Yeah. Look. Oh, look at that stop sign. Look at the way it's uh, uh, waving in the wind. Look at the way uh, the way it's lashing in the wind. It's like. It's almost silly. Yes, yeah, so we get it. It's raining. I, I told you the yeah. one I saw that, that was, they were trying to be clever. The, Dan, I don't know if you saw this, where the guy was outside and being lashed by the elements, and he's got his hoodie up over his eyes, and he's pouring a glass of wine, and he tips the bottle over, and the water just goes everywhere. Yeah. It's All funny. right. The next time, we're going to try and juggle puppies. Oh, the puppies are gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all so predictable. Look, I'm trying to read a newspaper. Oh, it's hard. But anyway. A fixed camera showing me a palm tree bent in half is enough. <laughs> I don't right. need the guy out there. Um, and one th- quick thing on religion, too. I read this story that Shania Twain has dinner with Oprah Winfrey. She had been on her show many times, and the and the subject of religion came up. And uh, Shania said that she, you know, she had the audacity to question religion; that she's not really into it. And Oprah got pissed off. And then and then Shania says, "Let's change the subject." And Oprah would not change the subject. Really, she had to tell. Well, she had to tell Shania that, like, what are you crazy? I'm a Christian. Yes, there is a God. We mm-hmm. must believe. Yeah. And Shania kept saying, well, you know, I'm Canadian. We sort of ask questions. We're not easily convinced. That's what she said to her. Good for and her. Oprah was pissed off at her. Yeah. And did she get up and say, no car for you or no, no car she, for you? She just said it ended like the awkwardly. lunch or whatever it was yeah. ended very awkwardly because she wouldn't. Uh, she just said, you know, she's not sold on the whole religious thing. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> that's Another wild example, right? Well, that's the thing, Dan. It's, uh, I don't know. You know, we're never going to see the end of it, unfortunately. But as I keep trying to say, the people that, the poor people that are most preyed on 
by religion and by politics are the ones that can ill afford to pony up all that money for uh, Joel Osteen's jet. I mean, if you're in a mindset where you can see your pastor or whatever they're called, minister, and you're okay with them flying around in hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, you know, luxury, and somehow you are okay with that, you know, it's hard. How could you ever talk that person out of their beliefs? He buys, I mean, a, ho- he buys a hockey arena for his sermons. Yeah. Where, where the Dallas Stars used to play, he bought that arena. Um, before we start the show, uh, it's not that it's a laughing matter, but it is an interesting look into the world of Florida you know, policing. This is a, 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 from a press conference that the sheriff is giving about somebody apparently had a home invasion and he's just telling the reporters uh, kind of what happened in the aftermath. We're going to uh, talk about an incident that occurred yesterday in the Santa Villa. We're going to uh, talk about an incident that occurred yesterday in the Santa Villa subdivision in Pace. And it involves, if you can put them up, Mr. Brandon Harris, um, who you hear me talk about frequent flyers all the time. Our first interaction with this uh, individual came when he was 13 years old. So he's got a picture of this suspect. (laughs) And it's key to know that he's talking about this guy named Brandon, who they have been arresting for many years. It's it's key to know that because what he's going to suggest next is pretty funny. Since then, he's had like 17 arrests. He got out of prison. Uh, we sent him to prison for six and a half years for home invasion. So one of the homeowners, uh, he was breaking into their house, and they shot at him. And I want to say, uh, as to the person, we don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong, which they did not. If somebody's breaking into your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's my favorite. He goes, we prefer that you do, actually. Um, Save us some time and energy. Whoever that was, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers money. There you go. (laughs) That's what he's saying. His only complaint was, hey, listen, if you shot this guy, uh, come forward. Uh, You're not in trouble. And uh, next time we'll show you how to shoot better so you can kill him. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Improve your aim with us. Yeah, you didn't yeah. do anything wrong. In fact, you're fine. You're fine. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine the uh, whatever Toronto police commissioner coming on and go, "Hey, well, there was some home invasion, and it's okay. We we prefer you shoot them." Uh-huh. Uh huh. I know. Wacky land. Quickly, another story I saw. This was a Tucker Carlson story where he goes on. He said he claims the FBI is going after regular citizens for their political views. So then he used the guy or has the guy on the show. And here's what the guy was doing. He was going to abortion clinics. And when women were coming out, he and his 12-year-old son were going up and putting their hands to their forehead and starting to pray for them. And a lot of these women were going, get the fuck out of my way. Like, what are you doing? And he was doing this with his 12-year-old son. And he did this several times. So finally, an FBI agent 
went and spoke with the guy because they're thinking, boy, if he does this, what's he going to do now? Next, pull out a gun. Is he going to go into the abortion clinic? Like, that's happened before. This is a major concern. So the FBI just went and had a chat with the guy. Like, what are you doing? Number one, it's none of your goddamn business what these women are doing. Number two, you're getting in their space. They've just had an abortion, and now you're putting them through this. And that was spun by Tucker Carlson as the average citizen. Mm -hmm. The average citizen. The FBI for their political beliefs. That's how stuff is twisted. Well, it's twisted. Again, in the end, it's either you're Tucker Carlson and you're doing it for ratings, which is money. Either you're doing either you're religious and you're doing you're putting the fear of baby Jimmy into your Mm -hmm. people for money or you're Republican and you're saying, you know, we got to get abortions out and this and that. Those are all just, you know, it's funny. I'm getting back to the people all dressed in those rally clothes. Like every issue that comes out, there's a email, there's a newsletter, there's something that happens that are that they're fundraising they'll mm-hmm. take that tucker carlson clip they'll send it out to the maga nation and say see we've got to defund the fbi yeah what's difficult to accept though it gets back to the simpleton thing and i know that's you know that's just a very shallow way of looking at it i i agree but you watch that i watch that and the first thing you think of is well what are, what's he doing with his 12 year old son in front of an abortion clinic approaching women that are walking out no yeah. Where, where's the freedom in that for the person walking out of the abortion clinic you know and chastising them and praying over them and who, he doesn't know if they're religious or not and then he's looking at his son saying, son, these are the people that we have to save to a 12-year-old. No, I know. So if I watch that and immediately think, Tucker Carlson, you're full of shit because that's not, that is not an indication of the FBI going after the average person. If I can quickly make that determination, why can't any level-headed thinking person make it? Well, like, I'll, tell you who, I'll tell you who else made that determination at 10 o'clock in the morning. It was Tucker Carlson. He's not a stupid well, no, exactly. idiot. Yeah, you're, you're right. Like, yeah. say what you want about the guy. He's not stupid. He knows mm. that. You know, one of my first thoughts would have been one of his first thoughts. That's abusing a 12-year-old fucking kid. Yes. Forget the unborn child. What about that child? What about the abuse you're putting? No, okay, point. let's take a 12-year-old out of whatever grade that is, five, and we're going to go down yeah. to the abortion clinic, and on the way, I'll explain what abortion is. Mm-hmm. And how it's wrong with our Jesus, baby Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then what, what I, we're going to pray for these women. Who's mm-hmm. just, you know, that 12-year-old, what reminded me of is listening to the lead singer of Imagine Dragons talking about the indoctrination of the Mormon world that he grew up in. And then just one day he went, well, this is fucked, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and because you realize you're in a cult. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a white, you know, uh, seemingly on the surface because it's religion. You know, that whole Brigham Young, that whole, all of that, it's just made up. It's just yep. made up nonsense. Mm-hmm. You imagine 12, you imagine the, you seeing <laughs> fucking, you know, Josh, your son-in-law taking, you know, John to an abortion clinic and getting him to mm-hmm. pray. He's only three years younger than that. It's, mm-hmm. it's abuse. Well, I told you the story. They, uh, maybe I didn't because it was years ago. I think when I was on my sabbatical. I did the Liddell's a favor one morning, and I drove their kids to school. When I got in front of the school, there was anti-abortionists there with big pictures of aborted fetuses. Nice. So I got out of the car, and I said, what are you doing? I said, get, get out of there with these signs. I'm just delivering kids to school. They don't need to see that. And they threatened to call the police on me. But, I, yeah, I confronted them. I said, I'm responsible for these kids right now. 
get out of here. What are you doing here? And again, they were glassy-eyed, religious, yeah. creepy, goddamn people that said, well, come one step closer, sir, and I'm going to call the police. And I thought, oh, fuck, don't oh here we go. This. Fred from the Humble and Fred show and an abortion mm. dust-up. Uh, so you had to make a decision right then and there to, uh, to uh, leave it alone or carry well, the on. kids were going into the class and everything, and I phoned the cops myself just to say, you know, <laughs> can they do that? Like, should they be doing that? And the police said, well, well, you know, I didn't get much of an answer, which I sort of understood. It's like, oh, fuck, all the other things we got to worry about today. Now we got to go and chase these people down with these nasty pictures. So, OK, we, we should start the show. But before we do uh, another clip, I've saved for you guys this week. Oh, that was funny. All right. This is a uh, this is about a 40 second clip. So, you know, the, the whole again, you, how much Kool-Aid are you drinking when you can actually and there have been mm-hmm. uh, congressmen and senators from the Republican side literally agreeing that Donald Trump can declassify things telepathically, mm-hmm. you know, like seriously, it's amazing to me. But here's a little comp, you know, so uh, this is a compendium or a little what do they used to call these a collage when we were in school? This is a little um a few clips of Trump when he was president talking about how to handle classified information. We can't have someone in the Oval Office who doesn't understand the meaning of the word confidential or classified. This was not just extreme carelessness with classified material, which is still totally disqualifying. This is calculated, deliberate, premeditated misconduct followed by a cover-up. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. See, that answers your question. All you have to do, like that was a six-second search. All you have to do is... You know, maybe ask a question or two, but if you're never going to do that, you're never going to hear that. And if you do, you're going to think it's manipulated media or whatever. Well, that latest Roger Stone story about him, you know, advocating violence and, um, you know, laying the groundwork before the election that they would deny it, you know, because he was right in there as one of uh, uh, Stone's organ. Well, see what his defense is now. That clip of him talking about violence was digitally manipulated. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and again, Dan, you know, we've had discussions for 40 plus years about religion. And and I've been, I have fairly, would you not agree? I have been fairly consistent in my views. (laughs) So it become more and more, uh, you know, you've been... You've really atheist stopped over the years. Oh, absolutely I have. Yeah. Well, because I've grown. But I, (laughs) but no, but the seeds of my... Um, curiosity about it, or go back way oh, a long true. time yeah. ago. You, you uh, my my uh, my pastor, the father, Reverend Reverend uh, Gieb and I. Reverend Gabriel, yeah, used to have it. But but in those days, I was just asking questions. Now I'm demanding answers. <laughs> but it's why I said, listen, if there is a baby Jimmy and a gourd arm Almighty, show yourselves and let's get this. Let's get on with. Let's it. get on with it. But we all know it's made up. Anyone with a brain knows it's made up. But this is a tough situation for Dan. I mean, really. No, I know, because he loves a baby Jimmy. No, no, because his 
what his father did for a living. I mean, it's a touchy situation. Yeah, but my father had a menswear store. What am I just supposed to like support all menswear stores and whether I like them or not? Or well, I, have I ever said to you that I don't like pleated pants? I would never say that to you because <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't. How would I fucking hate pleated pants? <laughs> so good. You know that's sort of. Who's my dad? No, you shouldn't say Howard. I hate leisures. <laughs> hate leisure suits because that was my dad's hot item yeah. back in the seventies. <laughs> leisure suit. If you, how dare you hate leisure suits? Can we start the show for God's sake? I mean, God's sake. Oh my God. <laughs> you, uh, you got you there. I did get this, me there. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in trendy Toronto, beautiful Brampton, and Howard's Kitchen. And is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and Health Gauge. And now, here are two men who have dedicated their lives to doing as little as possible and are getting better and better at it. It's Humble and Fred. Donka, ya, dan, donka, dan, donka. Really, uh, just we're going to highlight some of the uh, correspondence that we've gotten from you recently. Dan Duran's news is going to come back here very shortly, and it's uh, Toronto Mike Day. He'll be popping in. Uh, Before we get to the emails, though, we should... Really take care of some of these nice people. Like the retirement Sherpa. Um, yeah, again, thinking about him yesterday, that uh, storm was blasting right up uh, where his home oh, yeah. is. Hopefully, although his home's relatively new and uh, the way they're built there, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just, you know, around it, what the problems will, will be. Uh, but the Sherpa... Uh, he's your guy, you know, he was on the other day talking about you know, your portfolio as it's set up properly for the downturns uh, in the market, which we're currently uh, experiencing, although the TSX up over 300 points yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it's that up and down thing. But uh, as the Terpa, uh, as the Terpa, as the Sherpa explained, you know, you got to be set up for those downturns and make sure you are. And if you're not sure... Let the Sherpa know. RetirementSherpa.ca. He'll have a look at your portfolio, give you his advice, tell you whether you're on the right track. Uh, no strings attached. That's one of his services. He's Tim Niblett. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's a portfolio manager. And Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, RetirementSherpa.ca. And uh, don't forget, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy. This is what I do while I try and find the GoDaddy. There we go. GoDaddy. Do you have a great idea for a small business or a side hustle? Maybe it's time to uh, get that idea you've been dreaming about, bringing it to life. Or maybe an online store you've been wanting to finally launch, sell your products. How about you check out GoDaddy? They've been uh, helping people like your own selves. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers. I'll tell you what, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get you and your ideas and your businesses and your hustles online. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit card is even required. Wow. Wow. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I uh, had a funny, uh, cute little thing happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though your your social life is uh, much more, is you're very busy with all your friends and your trailers and your things. But uh, you know, you're off doing your 
You're always out Fine. and doing yeah. your thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did, anyway, go ahead. I just, you just reminded me of something. Oh, yeah, Dan and I were, oh, this is, I don't know if we can do this on the show. Anyway, Dan. Let's, Dad. Dan, remind me at the end of the show about how, about the, uh, the uh, land declarations. I don't even know if we can do it on this show. It's too hot. You mean at the stop at all the events, they acknowledge that you're standing yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. They yeah. did that even before Dan's play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they do it everywhere now. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, okay, I'll just say this. I'm, I listen, I'm all for it. But to me, it seems, and if, if people don't know what we're talking about, it's anytime there's an event now on a public stage. I was there on a public stage Saturday night, not performing, yeah. but watching. Yeah. And yeah. one of the first things we do, listen, we did, I, I just forgot, we did it at the golf tournament on uh, Tuesday. There, at the beginning, you have to acknowledge that you're on the lands of, a, of, a, of an indigenous people, and we thank them for letting us use their lands, which is fine. But my, my point to Dan was, none of them are in the room. No, they're not there. If and I and I, and I would and I, I know we're doing it out of respect, and I'm and I don't want to get into a just ahead of uh, whatever tomorrow is. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is. Uh, but but just want to say this. I don't want to say this disrespectfully. If they right. were if there were some indigenous people in the room, it would make sense. And I know someone would argue. Well, that's not the point. The point is to acknowledge that we're doing this. I I, I know, but but for whom? We, we, for a bunch of white people, a bunch of people sitting in, sitting in a golf tournament or at a play, you know what I mean? Like, who is it for? Well, I know it. I heard somebody say the other day, geez, if you feel so bad, give it back. <laughs> We'd like to thank the people for being on their land. Well, wait a minute. We're yeah. thanking them for something they don't totally agree with. So if you're acknowledging it's their land, give it back. And, give it back. And I'm just going to say, I don't want to be flip about Nobody this. Nobody would. I, and I don't want to seem flip about National Truth and Recon- Reconciliation Day, because you know what? We were a bunch of scumbags, and there should be some reconciliation. And maybe on those days, for sure you should acknowledge that these land rights were basically raped from a people. I get it. But it's just the, it seems a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I would be, just say that. It seems odd that we're doing it, and there are none of the indigenous people whose lands we've taken in the audience. Not that we don't, I'm not saying, we, they, maybe there are, but it's now become the thing you do. Yeah, I I know, and yeah, like a dance thing. Yeah, then I, I I'm thinking the same way. I, I like anyway. I could say why, and then that would start a discussion, and we don't want to do that now. But it just seems I don't know, just disingenuous. Or it something. does. It seems the same thing like where you wear a poppy on TV starting you know November first. Yes, you're, you're just, doing it. You're doing it, but you're not doing anything. I think you just hit on it. It's a dis, it seems disingenuous. Because as you say, if it were uh, ingenuous, mm-hmm. if it was sincere, mm-hmm. you'd be saying, oh, we want to acknowledge this area was built on the lands of the Mississauga uh, indigenous people. And tonight we just want to announce we're giving the thing back. Okay, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's why we're making this announcement. We're, we're turning the land back over to the people. Mm-hmm. Can I give you a quick story before we get to the emails? Oh, please. And I have another story for you, too. 
And I want you to tell me, is this logical, Fred, or is this intolerant, Fred? Yesterday, I go to the cardiologist to follow up heart thing. There's nothing wrong with me. I went in the spring and I had the stress test and everything. I requested it because my father and my grandfather had heart issues. So I thought at my age, I told you the story. I just want to stay in front of it. Yeah, bro. Why wait till there's something wrong? So Don't I had the wait. follow up yesterday. So I get in and she's going to do the uh, ultrasound of my heart, which is fine. I take yeah. my shirt off. I lay in the bed and it's this young girl who doesn't seem to know exactly what she was doing. So she's doing my heart. And there's another woman in the in the room. So she comes over and I got the impression she was giving the one girl not not annoyed with her, but just sort of chastising her on how to do it. But the problem was they weren't speaking English. So I'm laying there, and these two people are speaking a different language while they're looking at my heart. And there was a couple of times where there was exclamations, and she's pointing at something and saying to the girl, and I'm thinking, what, was there something wrong there or something? I had no idea. I sort of surmised that she it was more instructing, but at the same time, there was a few moments where I thought, well, what's going on here? She seems upset at something on the screen. So at one point she leans over to me and she says, do you have a history in English? Because I don't understand whatever language that was. She said, do you have a history of heart problems? And I said, no. She says, well, your heart rate is up right now. <laughs> I said, well, okay. I said, what's happening to me right now? It has me a bit nervous. Like whenever I'm going through something, like, oh, she says, I understand. So anyway, and then they get back to when they're talking again and they're pointing at the screen. And when it was over, I just, I felt very unsettled. And I thought, I don't think that was fair of them to sit there and be pointing at a screen about my heart in a language that I don't understand. I found it very, very unsettling. Now, is that logical, Fred, or is that intolerant, Fred? Um, so you know, both speak well, English. As a, you know, they as both a, can speak English. Okay. Okay. As a medical uh, in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes, and I've had that, cardiac ultrasound it takes a long time no i know yeah it's quite an extensive one and oftentimes i find some people in the medical community will do that in english they will talk around you while you're in the room you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. it's almost like they they don't part of their training or whatever maybe maybe they don't really see you so much as a person it's just a patient and so they don't get involved i don't think you're being intolerant at all. In fact, I don't know if I would, I would have said, listen, if you're going to talk about mm-hmm. this, you should talk about it in English so I understand because it's a bit upsetting. And mm-hmm. then if they didn't, I'd say, no, we, can we get somebody in here? Because this isn't fair. You're talking about me in a language that I don't understand. It's not that they were talking in that language because I think what they were doing is they're not talking about you. They're talking about this procedure in a language that they share, mm-hmm. which you would think on the surface is fine. But in that situation, you're the one, you're, it's a sort of, I don't want to say this word, you're in a bit of a fragile state because you're mm-hmm. unsure of what's going on. And especially when you yeah. get asked the question, you know, do you have a history of heart problems? That I'd be, I'd get on, I'd be like, get the doctor in here, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. let's get somebody in here. If you think my heart's, you know, blowing up. Because I take my heart rate all the time and my blood pressure. Sure you do. History. 
And I'm always in the 70s. And it's like, she said, you're over 100. And again, I could have been abrupt and said, yeah, because I'm a little upset right now. I don't know what you guys are talking about because you seem to be concerned about something on the screen. And what did she say? No, I didn't say Oh, that. I see. Yeah, you should If I wanted to be abrupt, I could have. But I just explained to her. I said, right. well, I'm a little unsettled right now, to be honest. And uh, I usually take my... Anyway, I just didn't think it was fair, but whenever it comes to something like, you know, language or culture or whatever, you, you know, you're always a little reluctant to, you know, speak to the issue. It's kind of rude, to be honest with you. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. It's just bad etiquette to talk about somebody, you know, (laughs) you know, both of my kids are fluent in French, uh, Mm -hmm. thanks to you know this notion i had when they were babies that that they should be able to do that until they got old enough to talk in front of me mm-hmm. <laughs> and talk about me in a language i didn't understand and i was like right. that's enough of that i know uh-huh. you guys are saying stuff about me because you're laughing right listen if i'd have walked in that room and they had been having a conversation not in english amongst themselves about something else i would have even part of me there would have thought well i'm I'm okay that's fine i understand i guess on some level but it's what you said it was directly about me leaning over me looking at a screen talking about my heart and and i think you're what you said there i it was unfair and it's bad i said i just think it's bad etiquette i don't care you know it would be the same if you and i were uh you know uh, physicians you know i i would be like a brain surgeon and you would be like a cardiologist and we were having a consultation in front of somebody that didn't speak english Mm -hmm. um but we spoke their language but we didn't you know, and there were there were and there were some exclamatory moments. You don't That's need that. What got me going. So in the end, what happened? Did you hear and get any? Re- you have any results? End, I, I, I just said again. I said, you know, I take my pulse and everything, and I said, I I get a little wound up because of the, my history, and then I'm afraid there's something wrong. She said, Oh no, you're fine. And I was like, Oh great, thank you. Yeah. Do you know the language they were speaking? Um, it was Brampton. It was uh, so Brampton some, language. Something some. <laughs> form of uh south asian listen yeah just you just say brampton language i gotcha yeah brampton language um okay uh we got to do the uh, emails Mm -hmm. let me just quickly segue to this quick quick anecdote i was gonna say i i was telling dan last night i've been hanging around when i was gonna say you're much more social than i'm i socialize and have been socializing with the same group of guys at this golf course and i'm in for 10 summers and for the most part you know, I go there on Wednesdays, on Saturdays, unless I'm playing tournaments, and I'm part of a group of people. Very, very nice. A bunch of, they were all, all very welcoming. But I forget that some of them, quite a bit actually, are listeners to our show and have been. Mm-hmm. Like years, like it came up the other night at the thing, the thing I was hosting for the BGC Canada. A couple people were like, oh, you know, I just want you to know I've been listening Loved you and Fred. I told you, the guy that organized it said to me, it was kind of weird hanging out with me now because he listened to you and I every day, blah, blah, blah. So, but I, as I said to Dan, I don't often think about it because it doesn't come up very much. 90% of the time I play with golf with these guys and I, I'm always surprised that they will reference something on the show. I'm like, oh, that's nice that you were listening. You know, I'm one of my buddies, Steve Lavery, always references stuff and several other guys will do it from time to time. And it's, I don't know about you, as I sort of, I equated it to lots of people see you and Dan at the trailer park all the time. But every once in a while, they might make a reference and it's sort of like, oh, my trailer buddy also happens to be a listener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
You know, the story I told on Monday about the guy that I got into a, you know, a, a bit of a road rage incident with because I told him to slow down. And the gesture I did, I just put up my right hand and I mouthed, slow down, like I mouthed it. So, and that's what started the thing. So yesterday I'm on the range warming up and one guy walks by me and does this. He goes, <laughs> and I did. I said to Dan, I'm like, I'm like, what? He goes, slow down. I was like, oh. And, and that's what made me think, like, these guys listen. They just don't always come up to me every day and go, hey, I heard you and Freddie talking about it. Yeah. But it did to me. God, it tickled me when he did that. Because it's just because it was a, a, such a specific reference. And he did it perfectly, too, because he, he just mouthed the words. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it cracked me up. Did it tickle you pink? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It tickled me in my pink area. Uh, all right, let's start the show with uh, your emails, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. All right, Dan, if I had a mouse, you wouldn't be hearing all the other background music. All right, uh, why don't you start us off? This is Mike Parker. Thank you, Mike. Hi, guys. Hello, people. If there was ever a moment I realized that uh, the Humble and Fred are now 100% liberal love and lefties, it wasn't defending Trudeau singing a Queen song before Lizzie's funeral. It's not like he was uh, singing Another One Bites the Dust. No, it was backing the Liberal government's decision to declare last Monday a federal holiday to mourn the Queen and H&F take the day off to support uh, the Trudeau government. Yeah. Congratulations, boys, and welcome to the Red Team. P.S. I blame P.P. for this. And, of course... Uh, his sort of uh, title was H&F, Liberal Loving Lefties. And what we did, we supported the federal government and we took the day off. Okay, that's what we do. Uh, thank you, uh, Hundy P. Michael Parker. Disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, this one, subject line, more Dan Duran uh, from Scott Shields. He says, if Dan was surprised there was another Dan Duran out there, he may be even more surprised that there's a Dan Durand Avenue in Windsor. I know the spelling has an extra D, but as you two like to point out daily, the, the real Dan Duran seemingly has some extra D as well. That's mm. really funny, Scott. It is. God damn it. <laughs> it seems that uh, Scott Shields and the Hunty Peas are uh, digging the Dan Duran stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Scott Shields. This next one is from Karen Zeifman, who was Karen. on the show the other day talking oh. about her book, which was about relationships. Yeah. Off the top, do you remember the actual title of the book? Please, uh, you wrote you wrote the forward or something for it. Uh, no, the forward or the backward or something. Just failed relationships, something about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do you, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. All right. That's unfair. She goes, hi, Howard. Just mm-hmm. wanted to say thank you for yesterday. I love being a guest on your show and would welcome it again anytime if you'd like to chat again. Fun times. Talk soon. Keep in touch. Karen. Yeah. It was very nice. Thought, I thought we'd include that because mm-hmm. not only was it very nice. You know, that doesn't happen as much as you think it, it might. What? Yeah, people come on the show get to promote something and then send a note saying mm-hmm. thanks for letting me come on your show to promote something mm-hmm. and I when I I just thought it was a sweet note uh, and just that you know I just thought oh that's that's very kind to do that to, yeah yeah 
And uh, i tell you what I will do uh, as soon as I can. While you are reading this next email, I'm going to find out that nice person's uh, book. How about that? You want me to read this Maureen Norman as well? Yeah, go crazy. I was listening to the interview with Dan Duran Squared, and I got curious. I went to the website, and when I clicked on the link Dan Duran School trustee site, it took me to yet another Dan Duran. Not sure how that happened, but it's crazy. But that actually isn't another Dandoran. That's our Dandoran who ran as a school trustee at one point in the Peterborough area. I remember that vividly. Do you not? And I believe his picture was there. So I'm getting the impression from this email that she thinks it's like a third Dandoran. But yeah. no, it's not. They're, it's our Dandoran. Uh, by the way, the uh, name of uh, Karen's book is called Let's Talk About X, Baby. Um, okay. No. So uh, where are we at? What's the woman's name? Maureen Norman. Okay. I tried to import these images. So the first thing that happened is she went to Dan Duran, who is running for school trustee. Mm -hmm. And that link, for some reason, took her to another Dan Duran, who is a documentary filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And I said to Dan who is up in the kitchen, I said, we, we should maybe do a series, and I'll run this by Boone today, mm -hmm. just a series of interviewing people named Dan Duran. Mm, okay. Like, if we could get this documentary filmmaker on the show and make that, you know, like a running bit uh, to interview all the Dan Durans. These are the Dans I know, I know. These are the Dans well, you know. Yes, yes. So that's what uh, she was all about. And thank you very much to Maureen. Mm. Hi, All right. guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Ha, da, da, da. Oakville teacher. This comes from Gord. Hey, guys. I heard more background on the shop teacher with the fake boobs. Apparently, he has had discipline problems in the past. I know we referenced this. This is the full <laughs> email about not being politically correct in various situations. So he did this stunt to respond. As we pointed out on the show, he is in no way transgender outside of the school, but this is a bit to force the hand of the school board to defend the lights, to defend the rights of a transgender woman that in no way applied to him. So he was making a point. I think it sounds to me well-intentioned, but uh, I agree what Gord says here. He should be disciplined for the stunt because it's just a bit much. Yeah. Teachers don't get disciplined. But uh, I think we've commented on that enough Hi at this guys. point. Humble right. Humble Fred HG. Sorry. Oh, here Hi we guys. go. <laughs> this Hi is uh, from our buddy Eric Magditch, who's been a listener Howard, for years. So long. Years. Such a years. good person. He's a Bramptonian. He said, hey, Fred, I finally made it over to Brute Meats and bought some of those teriyaki hanger steaks. Wow, so tender and delicious. I now agree with Darren. Don't tell anyone else. This is from Eric. Aw. You know, uh, a week or so ago, I had my buddy Doug and his wife Laverne up for a couple of days at the Tin Palace, and I gave them some teriyaki uh, hanger steaks. They love them so much. By the time they get home, they did a um, an order uh, delivered to their house, and like it took like within a day, they had a nice big Burton or uh, Burton Meats order to their house. And um, <laughs> really, he, he texted me and he said, "Hey, I just got my order. Don't tell Darren." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, speaking of Darren, uh, this isn't really an email to us, Hi but guys. this is. Uh, Hi guys. Hi guys. Of course, if you don't know Darren, you you know he's this guy. 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something word for word, and, and just to give everyone an idea what Darren's like, he uh, sent me a. I was talking about how much I love sports documentaries, and he says uh, he sends me a screen cap of something called Winning Time: The Rise of the uh, Lakers Dynasty, and I'd heard of this, and I, and I, I am gonna check it out. But but here's instead of just saying, "Hey, heard you guys talking about sports docs," I think you'd like this one. Mm-hmm. Here's what he writes. As a fella, such as your own self, what enjoys sports docs, you shall most indubiously enjoy this series on Crave. In fact, I would go on, uh, go so far as to hereby slap upon it a true man true guarantee. (laughs) I just, I saw that yesterday. I'm like, that is literally exactly how he sounds. (laughs) Uh, have you seen that one? Have you have you heard of that one actually? No. Really, Come my on only television me. watching has been restricted to the Blue Jays lately. All right. And some news coverage of the of the hurricane and out east. Mm. Why? Well, anyway, I myself, uh, I haven't watched the Blue Jays as much, other than in person. You know, I'm very cool. But uh, you know, I, I, uh, and I'm I'm gonna close the Tin Palace this weekend. Yeah, I know. And, and, uh, with the weather, I'm gonna be a shut in uh, like everyone else, and uh, I'll get to all that stuff. But that one in particular, I've heard some good things yeah. about. Anyway, yeah. finally today, hi, hi. speaking hi, of sports, hi, hi. Uh, this came from our buddy Stephen Lewis. And uh, somebody came up to me last night and said, uh, yeah, the same thing. It was like, uh, yeah, I have a friend. Is Stephen Lewis loves you guys. I go, yeah, Stephen Lewis. I see his notes to us uh, quite often. He went on and he sent me an article, sent us an article about uh, the President's Cup, which was sort of, you know, it's just starting to lose its luster anyway. And uh, it's an article about, it says, President's Cup can't go on like this. Let women play. And uh, for people who don't know, the President's Cup is the best 12 Americans against the best 12 from around the world other than Europe. So Australia, Korea, South Korea, you know, the Dominican and all these places. Um, Canada had two entrants in it and Canada will host the President's Cup in two years. But the idea is good because no one gives a shit about it. But if you put in the six best international women, so you'd have six men and six women on each team as it stands right now the six best women on the on earth are from the international are international they're south koreans Mm -hmm. so it would be intriguing i don't know do you think that 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 sport in general and that one in particular would really lend itself to having an integrated competition because it really in the end is just an exhibition it's just for fun Mm But, man, I think that would be really interesting to see how you strategically place teams together, obviously playing different tees. Mm-hmm. Yes, the nature of the sport lends itself to that, and I, I think that would be quite intriguing. I mean, you can't do that with football. You can't do that with hockey. You know what I mean? You can't do it with those sports. These sort of individual sports, you can. In fact, you know, is there actual mixed doubles in the big tournaments in tennis? Um Yes, and I, I, I think there is. Yeah, but what about like a golf tournament where you know the, it's teams like even just pairs like 
you know, the, the best. Well, they do have the that. Men. Oh, do they? Yeah, they've got a, there's a tour stop that is pairs of men against other pairs of men. But there's an event on the European. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, a, a man and a woman against a man and a woman, like Brooke oh. Henderson. And, oh, I see. Uh, whoever against uh, somebody else and somebody, somebody else. else. Well, there's an event yeah. in the European tour where women are playing in the same event as the men, but not as teams. But there you go. Brooke Henderson would be on it. I just think, you know, it's they're going to have trouble uh, because the best international player is now on the live tour. Literally, he's the number two player in the world or was he won the, you know, big time golfer, won the open or whatever. And uh, so they're all gone now. So if you got six women, including Brooke Henderson and six men. They would be competitive against the uh, U.S. team because as it stands now, they're never they're not going to win the President's Cup in, in Montreal in two years. They're not going to win. They're just not. They have no chance. The Euro, the the Euro, the U.S. team is maybe the best group of young players statistically. And I'm including Tiger that have been on the tour ever from a right. statistical from a, a yes. world ranking. It might be the best they've ever been. Mm hmm. And so what is the point of watching it in two years other than, you know, as a Canadian, you're going to be like, oh, it's in Montreal. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but as far, you know, the nature of the sports, like, and I'm going to be honest, like, like women's hockey, like, it's just not a very good caliber of hockey. Like, it's great that they're doing it. And when they're in the Olympics, it's an event. But the actual caliber of play just honestly just isn't that good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Where when you watch women golfers, I quickly forget that they're women. Like, you know, they just play the game at a level in a way. Again, the nature of the sport where maybe you're sacrificing a little distance, but you don't really notice that. Same with tennis. Tennis really lends itself to... I was going to say tennis. There's a great sport, yeah. an example of a sport that mm-hmm. women play at a high, high level yes, that rivals yes. the way men play it. Mm-hmm. The only difference between these, and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been watching a little bit of it recently just because I was curious about how, how far they're hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, the best women in that sport are hitting it now at distances that will freak you out. So the average right. male golfer will be like, whoa, they're hitting it farther than we do. Um, yeah. And you make a great point it, about that. And it's one thing I always concern myself with. Yes, I concern myself with this when they talk about a woman's pro hockey league. Well, great. Start your league and sell some tickets. Their problem is going to be it's going to be tough selling tickets because the actual caliber of play just it doesn't even measure up like to OHL and stuff like that, which struggle to sell tickets. Well, tell me, I've never seen one uh, second of a WNBA game. What's it like? I don't know. Okay. well, there you go. But again, they don't draw like. But it's a professional league. Right. But again, that's another sport where when you're watching at the actual caliber of play, you have to adjust your your attitude because it's obviously not to the level of the men's. Well, the you know, the big thing, a lot of men will say, oh, yeah, you know, put me in because the women definitely play shorter courses for a a typical tour event on the PGA Tour. They're playing at around seventy three hundred yards. LPGA plays around sixty five hundred yards. So there's all these men out there going, oh, yeah, well, put me on a sixty five hundred yard course and see what I can do. Meanwhile, I watched some tournament last week and they shot 19 under par. And I said that to my buddy the next day. I said, I'm a zero handicap. I'm not shooting 19 under par for four rounds like it's incredible how good they are yes um let's move on quickly and uh do you want to talk a little bit about speaking of sports 
Do you have uh, time uh, for yeah, that? Yeah, whether you're a sports better, or a horse go. racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Yes, they have. And look at that, ladies and gentlemen. It's Thursday already. There's an NFL game tonight. The Bengals, a three-and-a-half-point pick over the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, 3-0. and oh. uh, The over-under that is on that is uh, 43.5. So the NFL uh, week begins tonight. And over the next few days, we'll be giving odds on baseball playoffs, which will be very exciting. Tell you, uh, after the uh, round last night, we were all inside because it was cold. And uh, I saw on one of the screens that was that an exhibition hockey game that was on? Yes, the Leafs in Montreal. I'm sorry, the Leafs in who? Montreal. Okay. And the Leafs won three nothing, but you know. oh well, there you go. Start. A lot of uh, you know wannabes playing in those games. Sure. Mm-hmm. But hey, a Leaf win is a Leaf win. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Mm, beautiful. It was a preseason game. Of course. It was a playoff game. And they would have lost. <laughs> they can't win uh, once the snow melts. Uh, Today, we'd like to tell you that Dandoran's news will be brought to you by GigSky, the only worldwide mobile data service with over with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS at GigSky.com. And uh, when you do that, first thing you do is go to uh, that and you get a, put the code in, HF2022, gets you $5 off your first plan. And this gives you peace of mind when you travel, because you're basically serving like a local Looking good, uh, offering a 100% data plan, as I say, 190 countries around the world. And as we've been talking about this week, GigSky travel rewards are all there. All the information is there for you if you want to, if you choose to, at, uh, at GigSky.com. Now here's to a fella named Dunderan, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the Anchorman, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his one, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the Anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big brand, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. I've decided that. I can't remember the words, but I can just, all I do now is go Dandoran, Dandoran, Dandoran. He's Dandoran. Dandoran, Dandoran, can a Dandoran, and he is his Dandoran. And now live from my kitchen, I see he's uh, quietly putting away the weed Tupperware. Let's <laughs> see that now. Here is Anchorman uh, Dan Duran. This story comes to us from Dandoran Cub reporter Fred Patterson. Uh-oh. Don't let chihuahuas poop. Nope. Let him poop. Don't eat Chihuahua poop. Chihuahua poop can make you really sick, you know. Mm -hmm. In the UK, a woman was sleeping. She sleeps with her mouth open. Mm. She also sleeps with her Chihuahua. The dog got an intestinal infection and diarrhea'd all over the woman's face. Now, remember, she sleeps with her mouth open. Moments later, she was hurling in the washroom. (laughs) Felt horrible, and within three days, she wound up being rushed to a hospital. She was incapacitated by violent stomach and muscle cramps, the same symptoms the dog had. Uh They analyzed the chihuahua crap and diagnosed her with a gastrointestinal infection, and they are both doing well now. 
Wait a second. So Fred reported this story. He said, hey, there's a story about a woman who got her, who, whose dog shit in her mouth. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. I just I gave him the link. I saw the story and I gave him the link. I said, this has got to make the Dandoran news. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, too, uh-huh. it's too bad it wasn't one of those teacup poodles. And it could be like, you know, two women, one teacup. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, uh, just think of all the news stories in a day that really don't see the light of day. But this one. This is like big news around the world. Mm, huge. Chihuahua. <laughs> huge news, yeah. 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 Cool. cool. There's a Hurricane Fiona, Hurricane Ian, and, <laughs> and the Chihuahua story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's uh, wild, Dan. I, I, I don't let animals sleep in, in uh, the bed I'm sleeping in to begin with. It's just that not a... You guys do, though. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did. For the first year we had Stan... Uh, this was in the uh, days of lady friend of yore. I was all like, no dog sleeping on the bed. I'm all, you know, come on. I'm a dog guy. Don't sleep on the bed. And uh, then about a year later, I broke down and he was uh, curled up next to me. And he's been there ever since. And you know what I only regret, Dan? Is I lost yeah. a year of Stan cuddling. Oh, I could add a whole other year of cuddling next to my boy. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a case of size matters, though. Like, Clifford's a big dog. He'd be in the way. I was like that with Billy, too. We didn't allow her on the beds, because if she stretched out in a bed, there'd be it's no like, room for anybody It's like another else. person. No, I was, I was the no, same exactly. way. I was the same uh, way with Loman, though, too. I mean, Loman was 95 pounds, and when he, I, he would stretch his paws. He's up at my head. He, he wasn't allowed on the bed to sleep. Yeah. But first thing in the morning, he would pop up there and just kind of worm his way up to the pillow where Papa was. My son, Danny, his little French bulldog, uh, Dougie, Dougie. He's, not allowed, he's not allowed to sleep on the bed. So he, you say, place, Dougie, place. And he goes and gets in his bed and he sleeps there all night. And you know that because he snores. Yeah, they do. But in the morning at the first sign of light, he wakes up. And the first thing he does is get up in the bed beside you. And that's how he, he either wakes you up doing it or all of a sudden you wake up because there's somebody snoring in your ear. No, oh, I think he's going to shit dog. in your mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no shit for you, uh, Dave. I, I never, I never thought of a dog uh, shitting in my mouth or no. any animal. No, the idea of an animal in the bed. I mean, I suppose in, uh, the first thing what I. What are think you of talking about, Dan? You're an animal in the bed. <laughs> this is what people all. say. Thank you very much. No, you don't want the the hair, the hair from cats, the no, hair I from dogs. It's going to be all over the place. Yeah, so what? Ugh. Huh? Ugh. Listen, no, yeah, yeah, breathe yeah. in and breathe it into my You know, mouth. listen, your savior and lord, baby Jimmy, was born in a fucking manger surrounded by animals. He didn't complain. <clears throat> was it, it wasn't sleeping with the animals. Yes, he was. They were all no, around him. The donkeys and some of the tigers. Wait a, a minute, How, wait a minute, Howard. He was in a manger. What is it? So what's that mean? I thought a manger. Well, that's where the, the feed is put in, I think. That's where they put the feed. The animal feed would have been in the little thing, the cradle, I guess. I don't know, whatever it was. Oh, so it's better to well, sleep with uh, animal feed than some hair. <laughs> I just love, yeah, I I love when Dan gets stumped over, like, just absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter what it was. A manger is a place where fucking animals were. Away in a manger, no roof for his head. The little Lord Jimmy. Jimmy! laid down his sweet head. Yeah. The cattles are lowing, the chimpanzees too. Hammer and nails. This isn't right. really a second story. This follow up from what hold we were on. Doing Following on. up a second story. Here's more Dan Duran news. Dan Duran news. 
We were talking about rich evangelists, and uh, so I looked up the top ones. Yes. Uh, And and, uh, who do you think the the number one, uh, you know, earner, I suppose? Net 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 worth? worth. Uh, I'm going to say it's either Joel Olstein or Kenneth Copeland. Well, you are right. It is Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Mm. Kenneth Copeland by a lot. Joel Olstein is number 10 in the world. Because there's a whole bunch of uh, evangelists, you know, from South Africa and guys you'd never heard of. Sure, of course. Other people uh, bilking and grifting people out of their money. In other countries. Absolutely. It's not exclusive to uh, North America by any means. Joel Olstein is around $100 million. You know, all this is estimated by various, you know, uh, firms. Uh, So that's $100 million there. Pat Robertson, you know, with the... The ministries that he had, I can't remember the name of the, he had a television network that, uh, and he's worth $120 million. Kenneth Copeland, who owns three planes, mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere in there, three jets, and then and maybe more because of his life. But he uh, is worth somewhere between, I've seen everywhere from $300 million to a billion, a billion bucks that guy has. Church is tax-free, and, yeah. and where that money came from. Or all those poor, what did you call them, Fred? Mm-hmm. Um, Simpletons. Simpletons. Mm-hmm. All those poor people mm-hmm. who gave that guy their money mm-hmm. for salvation at the hands of baby Jimmy and uh, Lord Gord, our God. Oh, my all God. those guys are just really the scum of the earth. The they worst were, people on the planet. They're the Dan. worst. They're the worst people on the planet. All right. Um, but that's enough uh, beating up on religion for this week. Let's check in now. Shall we with uh, Toronto, Mikhail? Did you see that note I just sent you? No. Just emailed you some. Uh, just you need to set up a little interview on the 18th of October. We're going to get a, an exclusive. Oh, it's in the calendar. But I, I know, will, but, na- but now I've connected you with the email. Um, Michael's here, Toronto Mike, of course, a fabulous podcaster and producer of this program. Uh, do you have some audio? We got a little time, Michael. So uh, let's take a minute or two and you uh, set this up for us. You've got some stuff to play. Okay, good, because Fred can give me the backstory. But I recently spoke with Hal Harbour. Good guy. Great guy. Mm -hmm. Hal, by the way, Hal Harbour, for those who don't know, is named after Halifax Harbour. It Mm -hmm. seems obvious in retrospect, but anyway. uh, He's back out there now, isn't he? Back out there now, absolutely. That's his roots, I think, yeah. No, he's from, like, Kitchener. Oh, okay, all right. But he did start in radio out there. Oh, okay. His radio roots, all right. Right, right. So uh, I'm talking to Hal, and then he knows I'm into, like, CFNY audio, particularly Humble and Fred audio, and he sends me this nugget, and I'm going to play it uh, here. Here, let's play it. Check this out. Hey, turn it up. Pump it. Pump, pump, pump it up. Pump up the jam. Pump it up while the bread is toasting. That's where my breakfast is at. <laughs> I remember this. Turn it up. All right, I'll bring it down so we can. No, I do. I remember this. I, 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 uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, for sure, it was done when I was there with you because I, I remember playing that. Really? Yep. I guess it serves a purpose at the time. Yeah. At one point, uh, when Gooheyd was in his prime, uh, other announcers on the uh, radio station 
Very. Love to take it and do stuff with it. Yeah. Apparently, they even played that in clubs, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, it's it interesting. Phenomenon. It's funny because you took that in the spirit that it was intended. You thought it was funny and we thought it was a cute mm-hmm. tribute to one of your you know, beloved characters. You mm-hmm. did not get mad at Hal and call him an untrustworthy cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could never do that with Hal Harbor. What a sweetheart. Well, because guy. he was very trustworthy. That guy is. Yeah. Have we ever had him on the show? Mm. Yeah, he's been on the program. How about Miles sure. Goodwin? Is he coming back anytime <laughs> soon? <laughs> Wait, another quick. Go ahead, Fred. I, I just say we blew an opportunity there. We could have had Hal on to talk about the uh, the storm that hit the East Coast. I mean, some information <laughs> and some reminiscing. Yeah. Hey Boone, here'd be a fun game for you some Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> because of my uh, recent lapse of recollecting that we'd had Miles Goodwin on the show. Right. We should have a little game where you play with Fred and I, where it's like a guest, you you name somebody and you think, have they been on the show or are they dead? No, but you don't. No, no. Guest or no guest. Guest or no guest. Yeah. And just the podcast iteration, like we won't talk radio. So it'll be the last 11 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guest hey, or no done. guest. I'm going to come back next Thursday with my... Um, fun my game, fun. and we like fun games. Uh, what else you got, Mikey? Well, just a quick... You remember a, a salesperson at CFNY named Cliff Cohen? Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cliff, well, a huge fan of There is another song I have uh, in my inbox where it's basically like... Cliff leaving a voicemail and they made an entire like dance track out of this. Apparently Chris Shepard was involved and this was like this was the kind of shenanigans that uh you know Hal Harbor and the gang were up to in a bit I guess circa nineteen ninety, I guess for all that stuff. So Fred for that uh go ahead uh pump up the jams remix, which I'll share on the uh socials, Humble and Fred socials. Hey, did they put you in like a what they just gave you a script and you read it as goo head? I'm just do you have any memory of like putting this yeah. together? As I said, during the prime, they everybody wanted to like that character and screw around with it. So I guess maybe, I, and again, I don't know the exact history of that, but Hal probably would have thought, here's the idea, and then maybe wrote some of those goofy little lines or whatever, and then we'd go in a room and dick around with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm always curious how the song There was a few of those. Yeah. yeah. A few of those. Yeah, there's another one that we did. Actually, one that we mm-hmm. produced from our group was Goohead Sings the Hip. Yes, that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere between Bingo Bob and me yeah. and maybe even Mike. There's some audio of that. I should try and find it because I, I know it's somewhere in the in archives. I also have somewhere. I have a, a goohead singing a crash test dummy song. You know the the goohead baby goohead. Oh no, that's no, that's uh, we did that as well. Yeah, yeah Pete and I did that. Yes. And then there was, of course, snow removal machine was um, again that wasn't goohead, but again, just another situation of that creative the creative buzz in that radio station during those years are you allowed in 2022 terrestrial radio are you allowed to have that kind of creative spirit and go and no. do these things and well, they just don't have the resources no. the people the time to do it like you know it was encouraged back then now it's like who do you turn to for that yeah you know you know it's funny mike that uh goo head baby one that was one of uh one of my favorite ones that pete and i did because it's him singing and me going goo head baby it's you know what it's a, it's a parody of that uh well, Robbie can I bring Ro- that next Thursday yeah. with my trivia? Yeah, that's a that's a uh, we did a parody of a Robbie Robertson song, I think. Mm-hmm. Who? What is that song? Who put the song in the song that you did, baby? You did. I thought that was a Crash Test Dummy song. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I believe that's a crash test dummy song. Well, let's find crash test dummies. <laughs> there was another one I did, too, with... Um, in the early years, you know, I want to, I want to be a cowboy. Remember that song, which I still hear on um, New Wave. There on, it's Syria. called "Keep a Lid on It." Yeah, like exactly. Crash test dummies. Mm. But that one, keep uh, a lid on you know things. Yeah. I want to be a cowboy. You can no. be my cowgirl. Well, sure. we had the Casby Awards one year, and we did. I want to win a Casby. Oh yeah, but that was and that actually predated me because I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is long before me. Saying, and there was just so much going on there with that stuff over the years. Like, yeah. you know how much fun Howard we all. Had. Oh my God! Hey, yeah, if you can find this, because I think we did it. Yeah, you're gonna. If you haven't heard, I'm sure most people listening will remember it. But if you can find it, Mike, I think people would enjoy it. Uh, we're gonna wrap things up here next Monday. I will uh, not be here. We're gonna take uh, one more day for uh, the last uh, golf tournament of the 2022. What is it? 2022. Yeah. Season is uh, is Monday. I will. I just looked at the. Uh, list of participants i will once again be the oldest player in the field by about 20 years you've lost track of the years there because i think you've been in enough golf tournaments to <laughs> take us through 2026 mm. all right slow down just okay just slow down, <laughs> slow down. uh mike anything else uh so can well, we, well, we point out that i did a tweet yesterday you replied to oh yes oh yeah it. this is very good we, we need to talk about this before we leave so boone tweets something that i couldn't agree with more um <laughs> why don't you read the original tweet uh i think it's nobody but dials me as often as freddie p mm-hmm. yeah and I yeah. said to him, it happens to me all the time. And I said, at least Fred has a butt to dial you with. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I wonder. And Dude, why? I don't know. But you did it, it to me last week. We were on a call. The next thing I know, you look down and it's yeah. you again. But it's just you taking me for a tour of your life. So I tweeted that, Fred, after you called me again. Mm. So you called me for real. And then you called me a couple minutes later. I thought, oh, you remembered yeah. something else you wanted to say. And then, of course, you weren't really there. And I, I've had like voicemails like five minute voicemails which is just like ambient sound of the patterson household oh, in yeah. Brampton. like it's just all you hear is him yelling and doll going i don't, I don't know <laughs> oh. i don't know where i put it fred i don't know and does do those usually call follow a call to you or is it because you'd be near the top of my uh, uh contact maybe i have to go do a little digging maybe it yeah. correlates with like when you do a real call but still i will say uh without a doubt the most butt dials i get are from fred patterson yeah uh, I know. It happens. What you just described is when it happens to me. You and I were talking. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was on the weekend. Well, what am I doing? Am I not hanging up properly or no, something? No, I, I just think it's the last one. Listen, man, sometimes with my phone, I just pick it up and all of a sudden, like a TikTok video starts to play. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What happened there? Maybe, Fred, do you put your phone to sleep when you finish a call? Like, you know how you. Well, maybe that's the problem. I don't. I just hang up and then put the phone down and then reach right. for it and touch. Or your, your pocket yeah. can do it, right? You can pocket dial. Like, right. yeah, of your pocket hit the screen. Especially my front pocket, eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's Dan's problem, yeah. yeah, Dan, yeah. Uh, Dan dick dials. Yeah, but the weird yeah. thing is it doesn't do his own. He does it my phone. All of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck? Is yeah. Dan's dick trying to make an a Uber <laughs> order? I Seriously, I came home last night. Dan's, Dan's dick had ordered a bunch of stuff off Uber Eats, and neither yeah. of us knew. 
and then challenge you to a fight. That's right. Smiley said, I'll challenge you, Howie, to a, a sword fight. Stay away from my stuff. That's right. I'm like, Dan, who ordered all this stuff? My dick did. <laughs> I didn't do it. Out of control. My dick's Nick out of Durant. control. There's all this stuff from Amazon. There's chicken everywhere. Uber Eats. All right. Uh, what Last a great- quick note, real quick note, is, of course, yesterday you guys acknowledged, speaking of land acknowledgments, you acknowledged 50 years since the... Uh, right, this is great. goal for Canada. So, I don't know, I was like, oh my goodness, and then I could hear the call in my head, you know, Henderson has scored for Canada! Like, I can hear it all in my head, even though I didn't watch it like you guys, but I can hear it in my head. And then I'm like, I need to make a pilgrimage, so I go Google, where is Foster Hewitt buried? He's buried at Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Plot 3, so I just biked to Mount Pleasant Cemetery. I found it. It was like hidden by bushes, but I found it. I took some video and shared it. So I made a pilgrimage to Foster Hewitt's cool. grave. Yes. And by the way, for perspective, uh, Mount Pleasant and Eglinton, is that where that is? Or Mount Pleasant and... Uh, Dinah and... Uh, it's I just... Because I put Google Maps Mount Pleasant Cemetery. Mm-hmm. It told me how to get there, but okay. it's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> up there. Further Not to it. that, did you know that Foster Hewitt was my very first paid radio gig boss at ckfa i did know that yeah yeah amazing he owned the radio station at the time and i used to see him quite often and And his son bruce was a great guy i got to be friends with him i don't know what bruce is up to now did did you have to do anything like (laughs) anything with foster hewitt to get that job was there any kind of inappropriate behavior oh howie come on patterson has Fred Patterson's washing my feet right now. It's funny you said that, and I'm not going to say it on the show, but afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something I was going to say to you yesterday and decided not to say in the show, and I even want to say it now because I'm not comfortable with it, okay. but I think you would have laughed. Okay? I have one. Well, listen, I have one of them for you that I was okay. going to say on the show, but I thought, right. no, I'm not going to get that. I'm, I don't want to spend the weekend answering emails. Uh, listen, Same next, here. Same yeah. here. So I've got one, and, and I did it for Dan, <laughs> and I made him laugh, and I think okay. you will, too. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone, this week. Uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all new Humble and Fred shows. Tuesday, Bill Brio's monthly. He's coming back to talk uh, TV, and then... Uh, Wednesday is the return of Tony Clement. Nice. Oh, good. It's about time. All right. Yes. Lots to uh, discuss with Tony. Uh, Everyone enjoy a long, humble, and Fred weekend. And uh, stay safe. Stay strong, Florida. Stay alive. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. And on whatever platform you're listening, help us out. Liking, subscribing, giving stars, that's all really welcome. Tune in Tuesday. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, as I've been told, there is no God. As Howard says, enjoy every goddamn day. Fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?